Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, Executive Director at EdSource. Earlier this month, the school board at Chino Valley Unified in San Bernardino County considered a proposal. It would have excluded transgender students from using restrooms and other facilities designated for the gender that they identify with. State officials quickly issued a stern warning to the school board that the proposal violated state law. Students were overwhelmingly opposed. This is inhumane. How would you even plan to execute this? Are you going to place guards outside of the restrooms that memorize every trans kid on campus? Are you going to make us show our school IDs to see our assigned sex at birth to just use the restroom? Ultimately, the Chino Valley proposal failed to garner enough votes or public support. And in the days following, California Superintendent of Public Instruction Tony Thurman announced that the state should increase the number of gender-neutral bathrooms on school campuses. In this week's episode, we'll hear from high school students and a teacher who are fighting for greater inclusion and understanding. Here is this week's Education Beat with host Sadie Stabley. California passed a law in 2013 that protects the right of all students to use bathrooms that correspond to the gender they identify with. Students can also use locker rooms and play on sports teams based on their gender identity. The law is meant to keep students safe from discrimination and help them participate fully in school. A 2009 National School Climate Survey found that lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender students were more than three times as likely as other students to have missed class or an entire day of school because they felt unsafe or uncomfortable. In the analysis of the bill, California legislators discussed how when students are excluded from restrooms of the gender they identify with, they can experience harm. They mentioned an eight-year-old transgender girl in a suburban school district who was told to use a nurse's restroom instead of the girl's bathroom. But she didn't want to face questions from her classmates about why she wouldn't use the girl's bathroom. So she just stopped drinking water so she wouldn't have to use the bathroom at all. A transgender boy attending a middle school in the Bay Area was sent to detention because he used the boy's bathroom rather than the nurse's restroom. So when a member of the Chino Valley Unified School Board recently put forward a proposal to disregard the law and force students to use bathrooms and locker rooms according to their gender assigned at birth, students were fired up. Here's Ayala High School sophomore Max Ibarra addressing the board. This will put trans kids in danger of being bullied, assaulted, a group of kids that already has higher rates of self-harm and suicide. These changes will put tons of trans kids through unnecessary harm and avoidable harm. Let me repeat, unnecessary and avoidable harm. If you allow these changes to go through, you are telling every trans kid that their pain is worth it to keep the bigoted transphobic people quiet and happy. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. My colleague Ali Tadion has been following this issue and wrote about the Chino Valley situation for EdSource. Hi, Ali. Hi, Zadie. So this law has been in place for a while now, since 2014, and it seems like this is the first time a school district has actually openly tried to violate it. Is that true? Well, there were a lot of challenges to the law when it was first passed, which failed. But according to uh, the folks I talked to at CDE, this was the first time they knew of a proposal to actually defy the law. And so tell me what board members were proposing in, in Chino Valley. So the board members were proposing restricting bathrooms, facilities, and sex-segregated activities to those corresponding with 
and I quote a student's biological gender. And what were they what were they so worried about? According to the resolution, the proposal was a response to a sexual assault, but the resolution didn't say specifically what sexual assault they were referring to or if this was a sexual assault that happened at Chino Valley Unified. But it became clear throughout the meeting um, that this was sparked by an incident that occurred in Loudoun County, Virginia, which has turned into a political firestorm. I'd also like to just mention that according to an EdSource article from several years ago, six large California school districts reported that having transgender students use the bathrooms which, in which they feel comfortable did not cause a single incident of inappropriate behavior or harassment. So, Ali, you spoke with a teacher, Amanda Swagger, about this issue to get a sense of how all of this went down beforehand in the school district. So tell me a little bit about them, why you chose to speak with Ms. Swagger. Well, Ms. Swagger spoke at the meeting November 18th and shared their experiences as an intersex person and transitioning from presenting as male to presenting as female. Really, uh, as some parents told me, it was like you never changed. And that's honestly because I didn't. It was uh, your personality doesn't change when you go through the process. It just well, you choose to wear, not wear, your, your pronouns, et cetera, are the only, only major difference. And uh, there's been some, you know, minor issues with parents, minor issues with staff, but, you know, it's been almost eight years now and it's not even a problem anymore. So overall, the community was supportive, embracing? Yes. I mean, when you, you come in as a teacher that is very well known in the community and uh, dare I say liked, that's a hard thing to say, but uh, someone who's respected in the community, it seems like it's something that basically no one really had a, a problem with it. Now, on the other side, uh, being comfortable in that role with other people is a different situation, but generally speaking, everyone was pretty helpful in the process. Ali, it actually sounds like a pretty welcoming and inclusive community from what Ms. Swagger talks about. Then this proposal comes forward. How did Ms. Swagger first hear about it? Ms. Swagger pays close attention to school board agendas, checks them before the meetings, and they were surprised, to say the least, to see this proposal, which was clearly illegal. I remember being in a staff meeting and confronting the principal and, and saying, hey, do you realize this is on the agenda? This is going to cause all kinds of problems. And uh, that's when I started getting calls from other individuals um, asking me, you're going to speak, right? You're going to talk about this, right? And and that was kind of the, the starting process of the situation. Um, I Because I'm very open with who I am, I had students coming to me immediately asking about what was going on. Now, when you said students came to you, were those transgender students who were who were scared, who were? There were everywhere from allies, um, people that support transgendered and intersex, the gender diverse students, but also a group of students that have confided with me over the years and helping them get through the process. And, and not just at our school, but schools around the, the district. And just having a lot of people coming and and, and saying, what's what's this mean for us? And everyone from the, the students who are not even out, meaning they maybe they transitioned when they were a kid and, and this law could 
could put them in a situation where they're now forced to use a bathroom they've never used, for example. So it's a lot of those kind of concerns. So Ms. Swagger showed up to this meeting. You were watching this meeting virtually. Tell me what the meeting was like. Describe it to me. Well, I think it's safe to say that tensions were high at the meeting. Before they even got to this agenda item, uh, there was a group of parents who were possibly attempting to shut down the meeting uh, in response to state vaccine mandates, even though there was nothing on the agenda regarding vaccine mandates. So there was only a small portion of people that were actually allowed inside the room where they held the meeting. And there were dozens, potentially other people waiting outside. It was loud and tensions were high. Point of order, point of order. We're moving on to an action item and we have students inside the room and outside of the room. I would just request decorum. Good evening. My name is Andrew. I'm non-binary and my pronouns are he, they. Since the start of this pandemic, the rate of mental illness among students has been on the rise, especially LGBTQ students. And while extracurriculars are supposed to benefit the education and social and emotional development of students, by forcing trans and gender non-conforming students to use restrooms and partake in extracurriculars that are only in line with their biological sex, you are doing nothing more than harming your students. The comfortability of cisgender students has been prioritized for too long at the expense of our community. Now is the time to educate our students to practice kindness, tolerance, and equity. Teach them to be active members in our evolving society and not concern themselves on what is involved in someone's pants. If I go into the boys' restroom, I, I put myself at risk of any transphobic person in these restrooms every day. It negatively affects my mental health and it makes me not want to go to come to school. As a person who is non-binary, I find it difficult and uncomfortable to go to the restrooms. Please change your narrative to focus on securing private gender neutral bathrooms on all four high school campuses. Thank you. The school board member that proposed the restrictions insisted that it was not intended to be discriminatory, but out of student safety. But what the students pointed out is that while the incident was tragic, it should be a wake-up call to the prevalence of relationship violence and the overall issue of sexual assault, but not be used to vilify transgender people. Mr. Na, you requested the policy revision in order to protect the safety of female students as a result of a recent sexual assault case by a male student. But these changes do not achieve that safety. First of all, saying this is solely to protect female students after this sexual assault completely ignores one, male victims of sexual assault, and two, that sexual assault can happen between two people of the same gender. These changes shouldn't be made in response to a sexual assault case because you cannot punish an entire group of marginalized people for one bad person. Instead of these transphobic policy changes, we should be focusing on sexual assault prevention measures, preferably starting in middle school, educating our students. This can include lessons of teaching what enthusiastic consent looks like, teaching kids not to view other people as objects, and keeping a close eye on people that have multiple reports of verbal abuse and getting them help before anything worse happens. What did Ms. Swagger think about the meeting? I think despite the nature of the proposal, Ms. Swagger felt hopeful about the meeting. Seeing so many students speak up and speak up so well and eloquently and passionately, and also seeing so many 
of their friends stand up for them. I was just amazed at where we have come in 15 years. When I went through this process, no one wanted to talk about it. Uh, the fact that people were willing to come out and support their friends, their students, their, their comrades, if you would, that was um, one of the most amazing things I ever, I ever saw. The fact that students were able to, to speak their mind and, and, and be educated, really, because they were able to say, these are my pronouns, I am, she, her, they, them, he, him, etc., uh, was just an incredible uh, show of support. And I, I'm proud to be a, a, a leader in that community with these students. It gave me a sense of hope that the that we will continue moving in a progressive direction. It, it's something, it, it sounds crazy now, but it'll be something that everyone just accepts and it becomes part of the norm in 15, 20 years or more. So Ali, Ms. Swagger has obviously been dealing with these issues over their whole life. Have they seen a change? They said they had seen a change, especially given the bullying that they experienced as a kid. I grew up in uh, Riverside, not too far from here. Um, I went to school at Harupa Valley High School, which is uh, probably 10 miles down the road from here. So I was always different growing up. And the fact that a lot of these students don't feel that way really made me proud to, uh, to be in this time and age where it wouldn't be a problem. And we just accept it and move on. EdSource is a nonprofit organization that relies on listeners like you. Between now and December 31st, EdSource has a goal to raise $100,000 to support our storytelling and in-depth reporting. Make your donation today at edsource.org. Ali, who most surprised you at the meeting? Or what most surprised you? I was surprised by just the, the massive showing of support I was surprised that there was no opposition, at least from the public. And so a representative from the state was there too at the meeting, right? There were representatives from the California Department of Education, as well as the state attorney general's office. They warned that the proposal was illegal and they were poised to respond. Uh, The representative from the state attorney general's office said they were ready to respond with litigation. He made that very clear. And so the proposal said that they would accommodate transgender students with a separate bathroom. And why is that not okay within the ed code? The ed code clearly states that students may use the bathroom of the gender that they identify with. That's codified in ed code. And the educational code also states that Schools can offer gender-neutral bathrooms as an alternative, but they cannot require students to use those facilities. So um, what was it like for Ms. Swagger to, to see that not only were all these students there, but also, you know, the, the state showed up. Um, all of these other people showed up to, to, to support, basically, transgender students. I think Amanda Swagger felt grateful that there was such a show of force from government representatives to decry such a thing. You know, you, you think, oh, we're just a little school district in the middle of nowhere, no one's gonna care about us. And, and having people um, from, our, from our state, from CTA, from different leagues come down and defend our students was just incredible to see. And then one of the things that surprised me from reading your um, article is that 
the school board vice president also apologized to students at the meeting over the proposal. Yes, she wanted to make it clear to all the students in the room that she didn't share these views. So, Ali, what was the overall feeling in the end? I think students and faculty, for that matter, felt grateful. Um, I also think that there was no surprise that the proposal got defeated. Uh, There's a great sense of relief with a lot of the students. Many of the students were visibly upset before or after the meeting, and it was nice to see that happiness come back to a lot of the individuals. Uh, it's, It's one of those things that you stress about something, and I know this very well, you stress about something over and over again, and then when it's finally over, you're just like, oh, that was no big deal. You know, even though we knew this wasn't gonna pass in the first place, there was a lot of anxiety. And um, thankfully the anxiety is is now gone in most parts. After the meeting, it sounds like the state was actually inspired to do something else because of this uh, resolution and the opposition to it. Right, well, days after the meeting, state superintendent Tony Thurmond announced that he wanted to increase the number of gender neutral bathrooms on school campuses. And he actually directly said that he was inspired by the testimony of the students at the Chino Valley Unified School Board meeting. He announced that he would form an advisory committee comprised of students, school staff, and community organizations to make recommendations about how to expand gender-neutral bathrooms in schools. And that committee will be co-chaired by State Senator Connie Leva, who also spoke at the meeting and whose district encompasses Chino Valley Unified. Ali, is there anything else that you think that um, listeners should know about this issue? Well, I spoke with California Department of Education Chief Deputy Mary Nicely, who said that this, this case may be something that we see more of in California, given the nation's political climate. It may not be in relation to this particular issue, but there could be challenges in the coming future to state law that school board members in different districts throughout the state may push, specifically regarding vaccine mandates. This could result in costly lawsuits and long drawn out legal battles. But still nicely said, the state is determined to uphold education code. Well, thank you so much, Ali, for watching the meeting and um, talking about this issue, which is really important. Thanks, Zadie. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, Getting to the Heart of California Schools, a production of EdSource. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks this week to Amanda Swagger and the students of Chino Valley Unified School District, Ali Tadion, and our director, Ann Vasquez. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the California Endowment. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join me next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. <laughs>